So for a period of time yesterday afternoon, the, the air temperature or whatever, it just sort of, it became warm again. And I was wondering during that time when you guys were walking, if you felt that. Well, hard to say because as you walk, the longer you walk, the warmer you get. So it would be hard. You know what I mean? Uh, when the sun came out, it was just quite beautiful. Yeah. As I said to my sweet wife, I said, you know, it's sad when summer is over, but this really is a beautiful time of the year when you get the right day. And uh, yesterday um, uh, was an example, Howard. And how did she example. respond when you when you tell her? She these said, things? she said, that's for sure, my <laughs> sweet Freddie. <laughs> you know, it would be great. Uh, you know, Dan. Dan mm. Yeah. It would be great if we could. Sometimes, somehow, technologically, just get Doll's side of all of this. Like, what's Doll <laughs> say? Because, you know, really, every time, that should be a humble and Fred drinking game, too, along with when we say, interesting. Uh, but uh, when Fred says, I was telling my sweet wife, it would be great to, to hear what my sweet wife has to say on the other side of that conversation. Yeah. So, well, like, a, no, 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 stretch that out a bit. So, what are you saying? Give me your impression of how it would go, actually. Because you're calling into question my accuracy. <laughs> no. First of all, relax, okay? <laughs> just easy there. First of all, I'm not just relax. Well, no, no, you because you, you know, you're reacting as though I'm challenging you and I've got some ulterior motive. No, I... Th- oh, no, you're not challenging me. I'm not. Hey, Dan, <laughs> it'll be great to get the truth here. <laughs> I didn't say that. Well, I, yeah, I you were implying. No, I wasn't implying. Yeah. I was implying... Again, I, I apologize if you think... Think I was implying that there was no truth to it. It wasn't the truth or first of all. Okay. You need to take it down a notch or two. Okay, Rage Man. <laughs> One more I, time where Howard feels he's been misunderstood. Exactly. Thank you, Daniel. No, I'm not calling. Let me finish. I'm not calling into question the veracity of your reporting. The fact that you, I just think it would be nice to hear what Doll on the other side says. You know, what does she say? Oh, that's, that's nice, honey. Or does she say, can you leave me alone with all your little proclamations? That's all I'm asking. It could be perfectly innocent and sweet. Wonder what Doll says when you say, hey, my sweet, isn't it nice to be walking in this time of the year? Leave me alone with all your proclamations has never come out of her mouth. <laughs> Not even close. We should require our, uh, Fred uh, and Dole to wear body cams. And then we could check this. This is what I'm saying. Just some kind of... <laughs> and then we would just be able to edit what Doll says in return. <laughs> no, yesterday she just said, yeah, that's for sure. Something like that. Mm. You know, as normal people would. <laughs> Although, yeah, she rolled her eyes at me, to be honest. See, there you go. And then I, so I kicked the tire of a car. That was <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, tomorrow when we do our emails, I did hear from, uh, I think somebody who was like, really, Howie, you kicked the tires? Like, seriously, dude. <gasps> it's uh, speaking of doll. <laughs> speaking of doll. Speaking it's, of delicious. It's, speaking of doll. I told her that story yesterday and I thought she would say he what? He kicked it, but no, she almost like, well, you know, the guy, she almost took the position that, well, that guy must have really pissed Howard off. Hmm. And it was just another one of those things where I thought if I, if she saw or heard that I had kicked tires, she would have gone, what are you doing? What are you thinking of? (laughs) 
But when I told her you had you had done it, yes. she actually takes the oh wow, he must have really been upset. That's because Doll <laughs> thinks so highly of me. And she knows I would have had to really yes. I would have really have to have been cornered. This is a true man true. No. Um uh, speaking of what we're gonna speak about, uh, before we show before we start today's show, I had said to uh, Friedrich moments ago, I said, you know, there's so much going on and so many aspects to this Israeli story that, uh, I don't know, we got to be careful, or I should be careful that it's not going to overtake everything on the program and every day will be more about it. But So we'll try and and temper that a little bit. I'm sure it's going to come up. There's a few things that we can discuss, but I do want to let the audience know that, you know, that much like Trump, we're going to try and, you know, just keep it to a, a sort of a... I don't know what I'm trying to say. The, right, the right measure. The right. right a measured amount. Yeah. Although, if I may, at this point, you know, this is very close to becoming a regional war, which could grow from there. So, you know, obviously, there's the Israeli-Palestinian um, uh, rape, torture, terrorist thing. Now, as Canadians, beyond that, it's like... How big could this conflict grow? And how scary is that? I mean, beyond the reasons, you know? Yeah, I know I hear you. Uh, Dan, yeah. what were you trying to say there? You were saying something. I think we talked over you again. What were you saying? Oh, it was uh, much earlier. I was just going to verify your temperature uh, thing there, where it, it got up to 15 degrees and it stayed that way till quite uh, late into the... Uh, in Peterborough? In Peterborough okay. and in Toronto. Toronto, it turned into Thank a you. 15 degree day around uh, two o'clock. Yeah, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Um, anyway, we'll, we'll, that's a great word. We'll try and uh, discuss this in a measured way. And uh, we do have a couple interesting uh, when something interesting comes up. And of course, there's the big story yesterday was this hospital strike. We'll try and do that. Jeff Lumbie is our guest today. When we actually start the show, Dan Duran, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a winterized pool, and from Lisa's dining room table in Peterborough. And is brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, and Palma Pasta. And now here are two men who, while watching the stars last night, discovered a planet without war, harmonious political systems, and a carbon-neutral society, and watched a comet blow it all up. It's Humble and Fred. Now, a couple of announcements. Thanks, Dan Duran. Where are your glasses today, by the way? Oh, they're right here. I just, uh, you know. No, it's not a... It's not a see again misunderstood. It's not better or worse. I was just observing. <laughs> You're so misunderstood. I am misunderstood. <laughs> I am misunderstood. I I do want to make an announcement. There's a few people that follow me on Instagram, and I had uh, repurposed or whatever they call it uh, the uh, story from the organization that I'm was supposed to be doing a show for this weekend. The show is called Jokes and Tokes. It's kind of a weed show, comedy, stand-up, whatever, at the Comedy Bar. And if you saw me, or a bunch of people sort of liked it, whatever they do on Instagram. So if you saw that, uh, saying that I will be included on that show, I will now not be included on that show. Not because of the Israeli conflict. It's because when I signed on to do it, 
I'm going to do like 10 or 15 minutes and host the show. The organizer said, yeah, the show starts at 7. I'm like, perfect. I can do that. And then I saw the poster that was online, the digital poster, and it said 11 p.m. And so I sent a note to the guy yesterday. I said, is that, is that right? He goes, yeah, yeah, they changed the time on us. I'm like, well, listen, man, Grandpa can't do an 11 o'clock show. Because if I'm hosting, that means I won't. I have to stay there the entire time, and I would leave there at 12.30. And I'm, I'm, those days in my life are long gone. Fuck that shit. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. exactly. So what's what's <laughs> the latest? That's, that's exact. That was exactly my sentiment. <laughs> Fuck that shit. I'm sorry, so Daniel. What what's, what, what's the latest time you uh, someone can book you then? Um. Okay. Well, here's the other thing. Great question. The money was just nominal. Like it was like for real money. I would have done it. Oh, it's like a graph then. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> there is a time to money graph. And anything after 10 o'clock, the money had better be exponentially higher. I'll, right. I'll just be real talk, man. I was getting $100 to do it. So at 7 o'clock, I will, and it's, it's on Bloor and Bathurst. So I'll get in my car and drive someplace in the city for a 7 o'clock show for 100 bucks for sure. Wow. What does the average comedian get then for, for a show? Not very much. Like that? 100 bucks? Well, let me tell you this. If you're going to Yuck Yucks this weekend, I'm just, I'm, I'm not afraid to tell you that, that there'll be a, an opener. There'll be an MC on the show Friday night. There'll be two openers that'll do 10 minutes each, and then there'll be a headliner. The MC will get for the evening maybe 100 bucks. The two mm-hmm. openers will get $50 each. And the headliner, I couldn't tell you, depends on the person. But that's not unusual. You know, even if you're in New York City and you go and do a spot, like 10 minutes, 12 minutes, 8 minutes, somewhere, that's, that's what it pays. They're, they're, you only get paid real money when you're either the headliner or you're doing a, you know, a, a show, a special show. Or someone like, like Jeremy. Yeah, that's something, isn't it? Because, you know, often the place is packed and they're selling booze at inflated prices and somebody's making money. Um, yeah, but, and but it's it's almost like not fair. But what but, do you do? But about very it? often the show's not mm-hmm. packed. Yeah. And they're still staffed and they're still like, you know, mm-hmm. like I've never begrudged Mark Breslin a dime because on Thursday nights there'll be 45 people there and he still has the rent and staff. And yes. And the, f- the fact is, comedians are trying to get time. Time is all that you need to get time in. Anyway, just to, for, so on the other end of all that, and I'm just going to move on in a second. The show I did with Jeremy at the Danforth Music Hall, let's say there was 900 people. Uh, they, it was $100 a ticket. And of that $90,000 grossed that night, he walked away with, I'm going to say, 55 or 60 of it. So you can make some money doing this. And then, you know, then you get up to the point when you're Jerry Seinfeld. What's, What's that? Mm, oh, that's new trailer money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's new trailer yeah, money. That's great. You do two shows like that, you have a new trailer. Yeah, yeah right. then you get guys like Seinfeld and all those at that level. They're, they're, mm. When they go and do a concert, when they go out on a Friday night, they're making three hundred and fifty, four hundred thousand dollars 400000 Anyway, so that's that. Uh, Grandpa's not doing the show at the Comedy Bar. Um. <clears throat> Yeah. Uh, what else I in non-Israeli it. news? Uh, well, 
we don't want to touch on Trump or anything, but I spent some time yesterday watching this whole, uh, you know, Speaker of the House thing in the United States, which, again, is somewhat tied to Canada because, you know, the disorganization and the chaos within that government can always somehow have an effect on us. And it was just interesting. Watching the... Watching the despicable, the despicable Mr. Jordan walk out of his office and down that hall like he's big and important. Meanwhile, he enables pedophilia and he hasn't passed anything in Congress in like 15 years. years. And he's just a useless little big mouth who loves Trump and tried to overthrow his government. So that went through my mind as I watched him walk down the hall. Ask for a pardon. Ask for a pardon. So, I mean, that's something else that's going on in the... uh, in the world right now but again that's sort no, of no no let's stay on that like trump hmm. well, let's stay on that though because it's curious to me i excuse me i find it curious not interesting that all those people around him know all those things that you just said mm-hmm. and the people on fox know all the things you just said and yet they act as though they they pretend or act or i don't even know what the word is mm-hmm they would give you the impression that none of those things happened or count. No, I know it's uh, and it just adds to the frustration of, you know, that watching that stuff and, you know, it's almost not worth it because, again, this whatever type of rage that builds within you. And I got to be honest, it turns my stomach as I watch it because it's what you just said, Howard. It's like they know better. What's the matter with them? At what point do they decide that, you know, we got to worry about the country here? Because having him as speaker is not as speaker is not going to help the country in any way whatsoever. And again, they know that. And, you know, there's moderate Republicans that actually would like to nominate somebody that some Democrats might be willing to vote for. And then they won't even go and they won't even go there. Dan, you may not have heard this, but you'll love this when I tell you. So the other guy that was the speaker who, you know, again, Trump enabler, blah, 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 blah. And his name is Kevin McCarthy. So he was asked yesterday. This is the clip I saw this morning would drive you crazy. He was asked yesterday, like, you know, why is this any different than the 15 rounds of voting that happened in January? Whatever. And here's what he said. He said, just know this. The Democrats are responsible for this because all of them and eight Republicans voted against this bill. Uh, they're the ones um, they're the ones holding up the government. And that's the soundbite. That's the soundbite for the Republican right wing media. It's the Democrats fault. Meanwhile, because, of course, they all voted against this and eight Republicans. But the point that I'm trying to make is it's all disinformation, misdirection and lies all for your base forget the truth forget the fact that they've now have they can't pass legislation they can't provide um relief to ukraine or israel they can't do government and they're only a couple weeks away from the government shutting down the shutting down Mm -hmm. thing yeah Yeah. um yeah and uh, you know i'm a bit of a masochist i'm sitting down here watching some hockey last night i was watching the habs lose which i like and then it got out of hand it was you know confirmed they were gonna lose so i could move on okay um and i you know i put on sean hannity at the beginning of the show you know and 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 uh, biden's going over there and it's welcome news and um he's going to be meeting with some people and since the hospital controversy the hospital being bombed 
a couple of the extremist groups that were actually going to sit in on a meeting have decided not to yeah. because they want, you know, the blame game is going on. And again, the Israelis have, you know, uh, they've thanked the United States. They've thanked Biden. They've put billboards up endorsing them. And you're right, Howard. They do that to send a message to the other side. But it's all good, good, good. And he spends the first 10 minutes ripping Biden apart, trying to think of every little thing he can <laughs> to discount what what a good thing his country has just done just because it's Joe Biden. Yeah. And I'm thinking it's relentless. And it gets back to that frustration thing, the Jim Jordan thing. It's like, can't you just say, you know, this world conflict that's going on right now, this regional conflict, we as Americans should be proud because we're playing a pretty good part here right now. But mm-hmm. nope. No, I know. It's like, does Joe even know what he's doing? He's got cognitive problems. Will he know what he's saying? And on and on and on. And it's like, they are so broken. They are just so broken. And meanwhile, you know, it's funny. I could play you five clips from the last six days of Donald Trump. And in, 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 any, in a vacuum, let's say. Let's say you didn't know anything about those two men. And mm-hmm. you played stuff back to back. Yes, you'd say, well, they're both pretty old. But the one old guy, Joe Biden... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might be fumbling around for words, but what you hear behind the scenes is he knows the world. He knows the business. He understands how government works. And the other guy, he's a little, this is Trump, he's a little younger, but he sounds insane. (laughs) More insane. No, no, Joe doesn't sound insane. He just sounds feeble at times. Yeah. No, he, I mean, he's sounding more and more insane. Oh, no, I see what you mean. Yeah, he Every sounds, day goes on. Exactly. He sounds more mm-hmm. insane. And I know we weren't going to get into Trump, but, you know, again, he is now under some kind of gag order as a defendant mm-hmm. in one of the cases. That's And, and mm-hmm. I'm even losing track which one. Yeah, I, I would take the cognitive thing, what, however <laughs> severe that is, over insane mental illness any day of the week yeah absolutely donald trump is like certified i'm sorry mentally ill and i think he's a lot more dangerous than joe biden at this point but again i'm a little biased i think (laughs) and 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 what you hear and and what you hear and read about joe biden in meetings Mm -hmm. in in the world of government yes and as a respected leader as and again you could you know we could go through the his record Mm -hmm. just even his record again the people that would be that are most benefiting from joe biden's policies are the ones who are supporting trump and they don't even know that they're doing themselves harm Mm mm-hmm Anyway, if you want to lighten it up a bit, I heard something yesterday. Uh, I could, I thought I'd run by you guys if you want to do Please. that. Uh, and I will follow it up with uh, other lightness. Okay, when you get out of the shower, do you consciously dry your head before your dirty parts? Or do you even think about it? I mean, it was this thing like you shouldn't, or a lot of people are very conscious of this. You know, you don't dry your dirty parts first for whatever reason and then dry your head, your face, you know. Mm-hmm. Do you ever are you ever conscious of that? Dan, why don't you take this first? Mm-hmm. I'm no, I'm not, because, well, I would use the same towel for a bunch of days. I didn't didn't it never occurred. I guess it just is a habit. Uh, I'd probably start uh, probably start at the head. But no, just because I don't want water running down my face and it makes more sense to start. at the So top you start at the head. Mm-hmm. Now, which head yeah. is that? Mm-hmm. You start at the big head or the big head? 
<laughs> one okay. taller. One, one giant taller head. head. Yeah, yeah. I, Fred, don't do yes. it consciously, but I do habitually dry my head first. Right. And, you know, the more I thought about it, and I thought did, it's just what Dan said. But this um, thing that I read, it was about, you know, sometimes people urinate in the... In the shower, you know, mm-hmm. it's done sometimes. And then if you get out and you, you know, immediately dry around that area, then to your head, like what germs could be transferred and everything. I mean, I thought the whole thing generally was silly. Um, what it told me is that, you know, some people really overthink some things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but you then, but then you start questioning yourself. I think when I stand and I what do I do exactly? Oh, I think I do my head first, but Jesus, or do I? I don't know. But there's a difference between doing it consciously, like I am now doing this on purpose to be to, right. the, the, to the difference of habitu- habituating, which is I do it first just because that's how I've always done it. I have not, but mm-hmm. not, but I'm not thinking about well, because the thing is, your dirty areas have just mm-hmm. been thoroughly cleaned. I'm assuming. Yes. You know, all your, yes. you've taken soap or whatever it is. And Dan, you know, I, I do rotate a couple of towels. Like I'll, I'll, I'll have a couple of towels going for a couple of days before I wash them. Yeah. Because again, you're cleaning, you're drying yourself at your cleanest state. Yeah. I'll tell you what I do. My wife uses a clean towel every time for everything. Mm hmm. Really? So sometimes if I go in and I see a towel she's used, I'll use her towel. I will because I'll think, you know, and, you know, is it it's number number one. It's like that sweet little thing. I have nothing to worry about. And, you know, there's that whole thing about, wow, washing can sure pile up if you only use a towel once. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it drifts into the environmental thing and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. you know, should uh, get doll on the environmental wagon there. Oh, she is on so many levels. Dance. Yes, but there's the washing of the towel, the, using the water, and, you know, perhaps <clears throat> polluting a little bit with some detergent. And then there's the, you know, release mm-hmm. of micro whatever in mm-hmm. the uh, into the environment. The I always thought those notes in hotels were always a little disingenuous. Please use the towel more than once for, you know, think of the environment. I'm thinking, piss off. You just don't want to do the washing as much. But Well, you think about what they save in in cost. Sure. That's, of course, yeah. that's why. And, and, and environment impact i would assume there'd be some savings there um uh, i didn't want to start talking about you know how much how much beating off dan does in the shower but that's not that's not for me. I don't know. <laughs> you know i don't want to get into that yeah that's not where i thought you were that's going. Not, well this yeah. is it and this is this you know and you know. I, again a bit of what this thing i read about using your towel and how was a bit of yeah what goes on in a shower that yeah. you know could be on the towel when you touched your head or whatever so stick a soap up your asshole <laughs> <laughs> soap and a rope um <laughs> well uh continuing continuing to lighten things up i i this story uh wait, wait a minute is soap on the rope still available is that still still a thing can you give that, oh. you know, like to, to somebody for, for, you know, gift giving and that kind of thing? Oh, I imagine. But I just thought of that because I thought, you know, Howard said, stick the soap up your ass. Yeah. You need rope to yank it back out, right? Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know, but I guess no. that makes li- <laughs> <laughs> You know, Dan, you know. You don't want to lose it up there and have to go to a merge. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna now, you know. Be, like, this is another. Th- uh. Okay. Well, Howard, you were gonna do something with yeah. light, light. No, too. Right. Your turn for lightness. 
Uh, well, this uh, story I'd had for a little while I thought was interesting about... <laughs> a new study shows that some, fe- some female frogs... Oh. Um, this is kind of in the category. And then I'm, just how, how disgusting <clears throat> males of the species are to all females of the species in some ways. A uh, new study shows that female frogs will fake their own deaths to fend off unwanted advances. <laughs> I thought... Oh, really? <laughs> I thought, wouldn't that be interesting if women did that, too? It was like, hey, can I buy you a drink? They go... <laughs> they just fall over pretending yeah. to be dead. Mm. It's like, hey, um, you know, are you here alone? <laughs> <laughs> just, just start just, <laughs> just lay there as though they're dead so apparently that works for i guess the if if you're a female frog and you don't want to mate with that particular frog you you're looking for a better an upgrade or whatever you pretend to be dead and of course the f- male frogs are so dumb they're like all right i guess i'll move on because i'm not having sex with a dead frog the first time I've ever heard of that. That's well, you see, there interesting you that it, that uh, that the world, you know, in the uh, evolution came up with that one. Somehow. Yeah, that's right. And obviously, uh, male frogs don't like dead lays. <laughs> um, this is a name. Remember that whole term? No, remember that? Oh, never she's heard. A dead? You haven't? Oh, no, God. no, I've never oh, heard. She's that. a dead lay. <laughs> really? <laughs> Maybe it's Scarborough. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, God, I, yeah. You know what? I hope so. <laughs> dead mm-hmm. lay. What does that mean? Well, I not think I know what it means. Not very responsive to you know your. <laughs> Your repertoire. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she's just pretending she's dead, and literally dead. Yeah, You're like Ew, this is so bad. I've never I, heard that, eh? No, is that something? Oh, wow. Well, you, know, you Western boys, you were oh, so yeah. shielded. That's right. We're so naive. Um, and then just a quick update on the Ozempic. I told you, like, I, again, I was in the city all weekend. And uh, that billboard is everywhere. It's a picture of a dude, and it's a. Uh, and the billboard says, Ozempic, I just asked the question. And for you people who don't know, Ozempic is a drug, blah, 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 uh, diabetes. And it turns out it can also, uh, for some people, not, not everyone apparently, to uh, help was, you lose weight. Yeah. I was re- reading about this other one coming out. I'm sorry, and I don't have it at hand. Yeah, there's a couple new it, ones. It starts with M that... It's going to soon be available like in a pill form that's going to be very easy to take. And it's going to be obviously the potential for a real go-to that uh, people want to lose weight. But, it, you know, there's so many things attached to it as far as nutrition and stuff. It's probably it's not ideally the best way to lose weight is what I'm saying. No, and, and by yeah. the way, the, the person I was talking to, my buddy Dave, mm-hmm. who's got a friend who's on Ozempic, who isn't mm-hmm. actually losing weight. So, no, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not, it doesn't work for everyone. But I mm-hmm. said to my, I said to Dave, it's funny, whenever I see that billboard and it says, I just asked the question, <laughs> I think mm-hmm. whether it should say, I just asked the question, do I look fat in these jeans? that's is that the question you asked and the other thing and and i don't know this for sure so if it's not true i apologize in advance but a lot of these things ozempic uh style drugs and maybe we've talked about this before why is it that in a lot of cases 
maybe not this one, but in a lot of cases, the universal side effect is anal leakage or diarrhea. Like when they're putting out one of these, because listen, you, you know, I watch a lot of uh, network television on the weekends because of golf. A lot of those at the end of those ads, Dan, they always have a fast talking announcer going, blah, 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 blah. side effects include blah, 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 and anal leakage and, you know, going blind in one eye. But when they develop these drugs, is there nothing they can do to skirt around? <laughs> is there, is, and, and do the scientists go, uh, hey, this is working great. Uh, and then one science guy goes, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is it? Yeah, we're having trouble with the diarrhea problem still. You know, like, is that ever maybe get that, solved? Maybe that's just a standard, uh, a standard uh, pharmaceutical uh, disclaimer. So we better throw that one on. You know, whether or not it happens or not, it's like, well, anal leakage and uh, it just has to go on the, the package because, you know, it's probably going to happen. I'm sure from a science standpoint, it's because uh, these drugs can be harm- harmful, can be hard on your stomach. Well, that's it, man. That's a bit of a jolt to your system. <laughs> you know, because basically the bottom line is here at the very base, they're uh, appetite suppressants, right? Like they make you less hungry is part of the formula here. So that must have some effect on your system in some way. But yeah, I guess I just have this vision of all these science guys sitting around. Science guys. That's how you know I went to grade 11. Science guys. Just have a, they're all sitting around the table after the drug is developed and they just, they're just they just hoping against hope that after all the trials that people aren't just shitting themselves. <laughs> just like, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, there's such a lesson in that, too. And I, I guess the argue, argument can be made if you, you know, if you're morbidly obese, love that term, morbidly obese, you know, that can help you get down to sort of a playing weight where now you can concentrate on nutrition and maintaining the weight. But generally, you know, as a weight loss solution, it's what does that mean now? You're going to take that pill or you're going to take that shot for the rest of your life? Because mm-hmm. when you go off it, you know, it's like anything else. Your weight can shoot up again if you're not on top of your diet. I just thought, I just thought mm-hmm. of something would be like, okay, we need to develop an anti-diarrhea pill. But, mm-hmm. And then one of the side effects would be diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, yeah. Double shit power. <laughs> That's great. Double shit power. <laughs> That's the fucking highlight for me. Uh, Dan, you wanted to say something? Your, your fingers well, I just, are up. I, and, uh, I have is a, it time to go? Something, I think we overlooked something. What's that, we, Dan? Uh, uh, from last week. Uh, Please. I don't actually know the actual date, but you know what? Um, Mark Goddard died. He was 87. He played Major Don West in Lost in Space. Remember that show? I do. The original Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He played the, uh, you know, the pilot of the... Uh, I don't remember the character, but I do remember the, the, the name, of course. Yeah, well, he was like, well, it was the mom and the dad and the, and the daughter and the son. Yes. And the, and robot, the robot and, the, and Mr. Uh, doctor. And the doctor. Yeah. And then there was this guy who was sort of like, there was sort of a, you know, maybe a bit of tension where the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, he was a kind of sweet on the daughter. Ah, like right. Yes. I thought that, right? You okay. him. And and who was that character? Sort of the cowardly guy that Doctor uh, Smith was always Dr. freaked Smith. out. Doctor yeah, Smith, yeah. right? Always yeah. freaked out a bit. Yeah. When that show was current, as kids, we used to go around. It's about time. It's, it's about, about space. space. It's about time I slapped your face. Yeah. Did you guys? Did that make it out west? Oh no, out west. It was about time. It's about space. It was about a deadly in your face. <laughs> 
Yeah. 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 That wasn't, that wasn't <laughs> yeah. the theme song. That By the way, the theme song that was, that was the Scarborough Yelp review after sex. Oh, she's a dead lady. <laughs> I give her like two two hosers yeah. up. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dan. Please, that continue. wasn't the theme song for this show. That was a different show. I think. Oh, was it? Okay. Uh, yeah, this show was uh, actually. You know what? I didn't know, but John Williams, you know the, the sure composer, famous of, uh, mini, Star Wars, huge, yes, epic, all those. He composed the uh, the theme song for Lost in. Uh, Come on. Yeah. All right. Lost. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know it. You'd think, ah, oh, you know, it's a do 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 very sixties kind of orchestra kind of. Let's see. It's a pretty good theme, I guess. Let's see if I can get it. Oh, shit. You can't get it? Well, for some reason, the last couple of days, and I've been doing this before the show as part of my checklist, Dan, but I've had to, uh, for some reason, Spotify, uh, the first time I use it every day seems to be, uh, that's a drag, because I had that, I found it. But you already played the themes. Oh, thought it's Spotify. The theme song is in commercial Spotify. Yeah. So, Dan, what show would that have been? Uh, that little song that I, I sang. Oh, I thought that was from Lost in Space. This is Lost in Space. Okay. <laughs> is this this is it, right, Dan? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're right. This was John Williams when he was about seven. Yeah, it's you know early work from him. Early. This was like, like ten years before Star Wars when he figured it out. I, I don't know, Fred. That song you're singing. It's about. Uh, I know time. what it was. What it, is it? The show was called "It's About Time," and it was yes. like about time travel, like oh, okay. a, a comedy, but a guy, a guys that traveled in time. I think it was actually called "It's About Time." Uh, it's about time theme. I don't know if I can get that. That's a YouTube thing. Oh, yeah, thing I can. Too, Hang yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's pretty good. A little uh, minor key change there. That was good. I do remember the same people that did Gilliam's Island did that. (laughs) Yes, exactly. You know, know, oh, I'm sorry, but I do remember saying that as kids. It's about time. It's about space. It's about time. I slapped your face. Yes. You know who was in that show? Joe E. Ross, who was part of Car 54. Where are you? Yeah, I remember the guy that always used to go. Anyway, he played played Gronk in that show. He's going, I do remember. Thanks for this thing. This is the part I like. They will be here with all of us, dodging a taxi, a car, a bus. Where will they go? What will they do? This is so sexy. Oh yeah. That little that little thing they just did. I, again, Dan will appreciate this. You know what that's? You know what that's from? Just listen to this. That's a total musical, like like Broadway musical thing. So you know that that's kind of like, because that's really where you hear that. You know what I'm saying, Dan? Yeah. It's a very sort of, uh, I don't know, Broadway kind of vibe. Will they go, what mm-hmm. will they do? In this strange place where everything is new. <laughs> that's so will funny. Um, well, there you go. See, we've kept things light. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got a note from Lumby. I just want to read it to you. 
He says, uh, I can speak at length about the Israeli situation if you like. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Both on my opinion of it and how France has been affected. And I'm like, okay. I just said, we'll talk, uh, we'll do CRTC first and then we'll. Uh, Round Did he try up. to get a car licensed in Israel or something? <laughs> That's right. You imagine he's got more and, and more trouble. Uh, but we'll talk about that with uh, with Jeff a little bit on the uh, second half of his appearance. With the first part, we're going to talk about this uh, CRTC ruling that could affect podcasters. It won't affect us. Probably won't affect most people. Um, and uh, Dan will, of course, uh, be coming back. Um, in, in a little while with his uh, with his uh, news, yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're reading Jeff's. Uh, no, I was looking for a, a piece of uh, music so we can uh, play you out. Dan will come back. Also, the uh, retirement Sherpa is on the show today, which will be cool. But first, why don't you talk about the plan uh, known as the Chambers Plan? Well, here's the plan. Sign up for the plan, the Chambers plan, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance plan. And you don't know, it's uh, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. And uh, listen, there's no excuse. It's very easy to find out what it's all about and how much it costs. You just go to chamberplan.ca, click on the badge that says get a free quote. You'll get an idea that it is possible to provide your small business, be it two employees, be it 100 employees, with a benefits package that works. You know, and our buddy Brett Tanner is on from time to time, and, you know, he emphasizes that they really do a good job on holding the line on uh, premiums uh, throughout the years because, again, with small business, you can't be looking at huge fluctuations. It really doesn't work. So that's whole... I mean, that's another big part of the plan uh, for small business. All these small businesses get together. It uh, creates the profile of a big business. Then purchasing insurance uh, becomes doable. Doable for your company. Uh, prescriptions and dental and therapies. And again, HR department, mental health component. It's all there. Take the time today. Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Chamberplan.ca. Speaking of companies, it's time to talk Boron 1. B-O-R-O-N. O-N-E dot com. Let me start by saying it's difficult to comprehend the variety of uses of boron in construction, manufacturing, medicine, science, microelectronics, pharmaceuticals, telecommunications. Shall I go on? I will. Space travel, communication satellites, specialty metals. I say this, and I think by now you know that uh, this company is supporting our program, which is why we talk about them. And it is a unique opportunity to uh, maybe check out a company as an investment. Again, we can't really make any claims other than set you up with what Boron is and how difficult it is to get it out of the ground. I make this uh, statement from time to time that there's only a few operations globally that can commercially get Boron out of the ground. And this company has defied the odds and i don't mean that dramatically fred what i mean is and we found this out tim and, and you can go look it up there are thousands of junior mining companies that never get to this stage that boron one is at what stage is that they're at the they're at the point now where they're about to start a commercial mining operation within the next 36 months or so they are going to be taking boron out of the ground so this would be something you might want to check out when it comes to an investment opportunity. Ah! 
Boron1 at boron1.com. So that's that. Uh, just a quick thing before we uh, get Lumbee here. Hang on a second. I'm just going to tell him to stand by because there's something I found I thought was just for you and me. It's an NFL story. Not that Jeff couldn't talk about it, but I, I just, of all the things I've been saving to talk to you about. Do you know a name? He's a quarterback. Do you know the name Brock Purdy? He's the... Uh, yeah, San Francisco. San Francisco, San Francisco quarterback. Yeah. yeah, of course, yes. Do you know that he is the NFL's top-rated quarterback? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's quite a story there because he came into the league or was drafted with, you know, as they never expected him to be what he's become. It's one of those stories. Yeah. So because mm-hmm. of that, so you do know who he is. I'd never mm-hmm. heard of him. I'd never heard yeah. of him, but I thought this was, int- int- I'm going to say interesting, but it's not. It's intriguing. Mm-hmm. He makes $930,000 a year, which is a lot of money, but not if you're the NFL's top-rated no. quarterback. For some perspective, I don't know the exact number, but Josh Allen's making upwards in the middle 40s. Uh, the highest-paid quarterback is Joe Burrow, who's not having a great season for Cincinnati. He's a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's coming around. Yeah, coming I like around. him. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite thing about Joe Burrow is that he looks 19. Mm-hmm. Just a, no, he had a calf injury or something that the first few games that affected his performance. Yeah. yeah. Well, he makes 55 times <clears throat> what Brock Purdy makes. You know, this. Yeah. This Purdy kid, his next contract will be up there. 40 million more. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. The, so this was the, the discrepancy I thought was interesting. Fifty five million dollars a year is what. Mm-hmm. Is what uh, Brock per- was what uh, Joe Burrow makes, and what is uh, what's our guy Mahomes make? Up in, in that neighborhood, in that I, neighborhood, I know, hundreds of millions on the on his contract. But this Purdy guy, yeah, he I and again off the top of my head, I can't remember. I've heard the story, you know, not drafted very high, third string guy. You know, you get those stories from time to time. Um, you know, undrafted guys become key players in professional leagues. It's just some guys are just meant to play in the pros for whatever reason. And you wonder, how do you yeah. miss that? Like they, 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 these, they, mm-hmm. these, whether whatever the sport is, their their scouting system yeah. is exhaustive. Mm-hmm. Whether yes. it's baseball, a guy that's got speed that they didn't realize was there. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, the NHL has, uh, and again, not off the top of my head, because uh, obviously I didn't know we were going to talk about this, but in the NHL, there's uh, there's a list of sixth and seventh round uh, draft picks that became, you know, stars in the NHL. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I, there's also, I, I loved playing this game, and, and I, I didn't want to, I should have given you, not, you needed a warning for this. I just thought it was a, a, something you'd find curious or interesting, whatever. But there's a bunch of, there's a list of NHL First round draft picks, superstars that were were supposed to be superstars that just fizzled out. Most Alexander Dagg is at the top of that list. Doug, I went on. Was his name Wickenheiser? Was it Doug Wickenheiser? No, uh, no, that Doug Wickenheiser was a defenseman. But I know who you're talking about. Guy from out west. Yeah, yeah. Again, there was two Wickenheisers. There was Doug Wickenheiser, which was a longtime NHL um, defenseman. And then right. there was another Wickenheiser. I bet you uh, Lumbee I don't know if they were even related. No. Um, mm-hmm. But there, but, but there, again, a classic, you know, school was supposed was a superstar <laughs> in the WHL or whatever the league is. And then just sort of yeah. fizzled out. 
Yeah, Ottawa drafted a guy named Alexander Dagan. He was supposed to be a superstar and just never, ever amounted to anything. Um, yeah. I, I was before I officially introduced Jeff Lumby. Do you do you know the name of that kid from out west who was like a superstar in junior hockey? I think got drafted by Montreal. And Wickenheiser. Just, I just said Wickenheiser. What was his first name? Doug. Yeah. Okay. So who am I? Who are you thinking about? No, there was Doug Wickenheiser, a longtime NHL defenseman, right? But then there wasn't there a draft pick. Yeah. Named Doug, named Wickenheiser that never amounted to anything. Yeah, Doug is his first name. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Oh, was you. it Doug? Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I thought it was some. Oh, they were both Doug. Oh, okay. I don't know. I think you're talking about somebody else because L- okay. Lumby and I are right. The guy that came from, uh, I think it was Platon Regina, might have something like that. Yeah, we're just talking about you know the, the this, this started this discussion. There's this kid in the NHL and the NFL. Brock Purdy, who's kind of was a third round draft or a third string quarterback, came out of nowhere and is now the NFL's top rated quarterback. And I just said, mm-hmm. it's, there's as many stories where the opposite, where guys are heralded in different sports and then they turn out to be like, uh, like oh, nothing. Bill, you know, Billy Durlego for the Leafs. There's another guy who blew out his knee early on. He was supposed to be a superstar. But then again, the Leafs have had a lot of those guys. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Um, yeah, speaking of which, you know, um, no, you're right. I I don't know what I was thinking of. Doug Doug Wickenheiser has long been considered uh, one of the biggest ever draft busts. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know. I, I I'm. So, I thought a Doug. Uh, there was another all right Wickenheiser in the league. No, um, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah. And then of course um, Haley Wickenheiser is related. They're from the same family, I believe. She's a coach with the Leafs. Yep. Take a shot at her now. <laughs> let's let you know what let's start let's go back to square one and start let me introduce a very good friend of mine and a friend of the program contributing regularly and of course the host of jeff and julie moved to france during a global pandemic uh he is a fine broadcaster a very funny gentleman the provider of much laughter to me Please say hi to Jeff Lumby, everybody. You're a dick. Uh, you know, um, you. Uh, Are you talking to me? Up, yeah, because you, you just pulled I just, up. I like, just gave uh, you a great introduction. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Did I miss? There's something I missed along the way. There's a. Yeah, you missed the fact you're a dick, apparently. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, I, I send you these notes, and it's not, you know, it's not for you to make, oh, look what Lumby just said. It's for mm. you to know that mm. maybe I, you know, I could go towards these topics. Mm. I'm not, mm. I'm just sending you the, and, Oh, and I see the that. Way, oh, that was, that's why you, mm. well, here's the thing on our show, Jeff, where it's all about real talk. No, the, yeah, reason, no. the reason I mentioned it is because <laughs> at the beginning of the program, we spent yeah. 20 minutes talking about how maybe our show is I said I didn't want the show to be overtaken, overtaken yeah. by that topic. But I, and but, I, it's I just, but, but you sent. It's interesting because you sent me this article yesterday, yeah. which uh, which basically shamed me into making a post on uh, on Facebook. But I, first of all, uh, it was it was actually a very informative article, and uh, I completely I would it caught me off off guard uh, because I I didn't even think of the point that the uh, the blog uh, caster was making uh, until he made it, uh, which is to say, you know, let your Jewish friends know how you feel because they don't know if you're not posting. So I posted that and I'm thinking, oh, I see Howard. Wa- Howard wants to talk about this today on the show. And then, then I sent you 
that note, uh, and uh, now it's, 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 it's the subject of uh, mockery. I well, knew there'd no, be mockery. Listen, I, well, first of all, let me put it into context uh, for you, because we haven't shared that article with the audience. Um, and, I, and, it's my, and I appreciate what you did. I, I didn't, didn't do it for that reason, but I do appreciate what you did. Um, all I was doing is I wanted, because we'd been talking about this CRTC article for a couple of days, saying when Jeff comes on Wednesday, oh, right. we're going to talk about that first, and that's all. So... Uh, if you found that dickish, <laughs> so uh, it, was dickish. It, it, it wasn't meant to be. Okay. Uh, and as far as that article I sent you, Fred, Darren, Dan, uh, we can we'll have to give that some context once we get to it. But um, I, I, you know, and you know, I don't really do much Facebook. I'll go and look at it. So uh, all by way of saying Jeff's here. And uh, this is, by the way, also our very first show day one of year 13. Oh, wow. Yesterday was the uh, 12th anniversary of us beginning. So you are our first guest on the first day of our 13th year. So there you go. And Lumby. Well, congratulations. Thank I, you. I'm telling you, you, you know, you guys are, uh, besides doing an amazing job here, you're pioneers and uh, especially in Canada. And I think uh, a whole lot of uh Potential podcasters, existing podcasters, and former podcasters uh, looked to you guys as, okay, how, how did they do that? What did they do? How can I? And I think you've answered a lot of questions for a lot of people and sort of paved the way for a lot of podcasts that are happening in Canada. So uh, way to go on, on year 13. And keep going with this line. I like this. this, is, this is you better. like this better this than you're better. a dick? <laughs> yeah. 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 For a couple of dicks, you've done all right. Yeah, yeah for a couple of big dicks. Yeah. Yeah, not bad for a couple of and you and you did. You've actually defied. Mm. Let me throw something back at you. Like you've okay. defied. I wouldn't say the odds, but along the way. And we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but we didn't name any names. But we had a lot of broadcasters come to us and some comics, too. We gave the studio to a bunch of stand up comics and they got to about what episode three or four. Oh, yes. Some did six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you and Julie just passed your second or third year of doing this. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, uh, I guess so. Well, like we're at eighty-eight, uh, number eighty-eight, and uh, we do it once a week. Um, but you know, it, it really helps when you don't care if anyone's listening. <laughs> That's right, and you don't, or, need, or, and you don't need it for money. And we're not trying to monetize it. So yeah. those two things sort of factor in. But your point is well taken in that you still need content. You still need, um, you know, a reason to and and a way to uh, to put to put the thing out there. And so, it, it, you know, if you don't have uh, if you don't have a topic that has legs, then I can understand why, you know, some of these podcasters are done after three or four or five. Because it, it's not easy. No, you, know, you need discipline to come up with 30, 40 minutes every time. If I may um, stroke Jeff in another oh, uh, please. way. Please. Wow. No, how many people say, you know, I'm going to. We're just going to sell everything and move to Europe. We're just going to sell and go to Italy and we're going to retire somewhere else, you know, some exotic place, some place we've always wanted to be. How many people say that and how many do it? Well, uh, you and know, you're I, a, you would be my only example. Yeah. You know, everybody <laughs> talks a big game when it comes to that stuff, but you never get around to doing it because it's not it. It's not easy either. Well, you know what? Uh, I don't know who, whether it was Mark Twain. Somebody said, if you don't do it now, soon becomes never really quickly. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's, a, it's I think a, I said that. 
Did you? Wow. <laughs> Profound. Dick you? Twain. Dick Twain. Yeah, Dick, Dick Twain, Twain said, said that. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, uh, and you know, but, this but funny it, thing, he fucking loves me. Can you imagine? Um, but you know, I, 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 I'm, and again, I'm so tired of stroking you, it's becoming a, my arm's getting fucking sore. Uh, but you know, what I was going to say, many broadcasters don't have the discipline it takes to do it. And whether, and again, we, there's a long list of people that came through these studios that we've had mm-hmm. that, and we, we handed it to them, but it's not just a topic. And again, we talked about this for years, Jeff and I, before you decided to do that podcast, I said to you many occasions, find something that you would love to talk about, even if no one was going to buy it, yeah. pay attention to it. But you were also, you know, um, this is where you and I kind of split split hairs because you said just do something like because yes. you were because i was talking about it but i i really you know you know me and i i just really needed to know that it had legs i wanted to do something about dogs i even had a logo made and the whole thing it was called documentary and it was uh but but it just i didn't know where i was going to get the information from in you know because to me and i think it's really important if you want to do a podcast and correct me if i'm wrong here okay because you guys are the you're the master class i'm i'm the understudy but but uh, don't you think you've got to say to yourself, OK, I'm going to do a podcast and then you have to say, do I have enough material for podcast number 40? Mm-hmm. Do I have enough material for podcast number 140? And if you don't, then chances are it's not going to connect with many people. Yeah, it's interesting because they say with podcasts, um, you should have a niche. I mean, that didn't super apply to us because we came into this with a brand. You have to have a niche. But the thing is, if you, if you have like a niche and you're somewhat skewed, then yeah, that the opportunity for gathering information becomes less. So is you know what I mean? Because you're only on one subject. Yeah. And, and as a segue, this article you sent me, or this the uh, the the myths, uh, without getting too details, the myths and facts about Bill C eleven, the online streaming act. Let's just, if we can, because I do want to, I do want to talk a little bit about how things are for you in France and your thoughts on Israel. But what 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 in the online streaming act? Because I'm looking at it, and then there's this whole page, and maybe I'll share it on Facebook later. What is it that broadcasters or podcasters, Jeff, should need to be or should be aware of? Well, first of all, I want to preface this by saying I'm only going to this so that when the government lies to us and starts breaking all of these rules, which they are wont to do, we can come back on them and say, but you said Mm -hmm. uh, in in this document, which is, by the way, uh, on uh, the government website, it's from the CRTC. It's myths and facts about Bill C-11. So that's the reason I used it. I mean, it would be easy to find a, a right-wing article and a left-wing article about it, but let's just go to what the government says they intend to do, because that's the only way to me. Like, I, I am, I'm having to triple-check almost everything now because there's just so much opinion out, out there versus fact. So if they're going to call this fact, they say that we will only regulate broadcasters, broadcasting services, and online streaming services that make programming available to the public. The myth is that the CRTC will regulate social media users and user content providers. So, okay, great. You know, and then it, it goes on to talk about they won't regulate algorithms. Uh, a lot of people are, uh, are certain that they eventually will. Uh, they will not censor what you watch, listen, listen or read. Um, 
and they will regulate the price of online streaming services and they they are proposing to exempt online games offered by online broadcasters from any requirements. It goes on and on and on and on. The bottom line is it's now called the Modernized Broadcasting Act, and it will only affect broadcasters and broadcasting services like radio. So not podcasters. Not according to this. Right. Yeah. That's why it's important that we have their their feet to the fire on this. Well, I was looking to do this a bit, you know, from a humble and Fred standpoint, because they said uh, eventually, you know, podcasters are going to have to register their shows. And then I found out, Jeff, what you were just talking about. This only applies like to Chorus and Bell and Rogers that have podcasting networks or whatever. They're going to have to register their podcast because it falls under the broadcasting act because they, again, are broadcasters. But again, how long can you will that go on before it's like, oh, right. Uh, no, we got to take the next step here. Uh that would be my concern as well. And the other How thing, is I, it change? The, the thing yeah. I read, and I, this is before you sent this to me, I'd read something. Mm-hmm. I don't have it in front of me. And I said to Fred that one of the things I'd read was that some of this stuff would only apply. And you just explained part of it to companies with revenues over a certain amount. I think in the number I saw was 10 million. <laughs> I said to Fred, I said, we're fine. We'll be, you know what? <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're, and we'll, it'll never, it'll never be an issue for humble and Fred radio. So, uh, okay, well, that's great. Uh, thanks for that, and thanks for sharing that with you and uh, with us. I, I sent it to a bunch of people I know as well. But again, you know, I, I, mm-hmm. I, sorry, sorry, Fred, but I, I do think we need to continue to monitor it, and when there are articles written in whatever paper by yeah. anyone, we need to sort of go back and, okay, let's check this article with this, you know, this template here or this, uh, you know, uh, directive from the government and see if they're still doing what they intended on doing. The only thing I would say in in the United States when it comes to regulating the Internet, I mean, they go crazy. But the very people that are against total regulation or any regulation are the very people that may cause it. Because you said it at the beginning, Jeff. There's so much misinformation. There's so much opinion as, as opposed to fact. At what point does the government have to step in sort of as our saviors or the people that sometimes protect us from... You know, stuff that can hurt society. At what point do they have to say, you know, there is so much misinformation. There is so much, so many lies online that we've got to do something to quell this on some level. It's interesting. There are now websites that are fact checking the fact checkers. I mean. (laughs) <laughs> if you're fact like so there is there's you, you know you go to snopes and then there's going to be a fact checker of snopes you know mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> whatever it is yeah it's it's really sad and, and as far as you know free speech and freedom of uh expression you know i've said this before you know social media with the word media in it mm-hmm. because it's so unregulated and i've said this to freddie you know mm-hmm. the three of us have been broadcasters for a long time and we've had to abide by broadcast standard uh, um sta- broadcast council standards crtc regulations we've been regulated as to what we can say how we express it so it wouldn't I, again i'm going to say this it wouldn't be the worst thing if some of the social media that was regulated in terms of what they're allowed to say, libelous, mm-hmm. slanderous, etc. 
Um, let's let's because we only got uh, another few minutes with Jeff uh, before the retirement Sherpa. So the article I sent everyone was just basically <laughs> the title is why you might have lost all your Jewish friends this week and didn't even know it. And it's about staying silent historically back to Germany, how people even by staying silent isn't showing your support. And it wasn't about shaming anybody. It was about and I'm not surprised you did something because that's who you are. But the so this article, that's basically the crux of the article that, you know, the idea that when you're Jewish, you're always aware that there's a large population in the world that wants to kill you. And I made this point the other day. And I thought it was a good one, which is, yes, you can be for or against the Israeli conflict, but then it's conflated into all Jews everywhere all the time. So that was the crux of the article. Uh, I wanted to talk about your experience in France because, you know, you live there. And oftentimes we'll say, hey, this is going on in Europe. What's the response? And then let me know what you think. Well, it's, it's kind of interesting. The top four countries with uh, Jewish red, well, top three besides Israel, obviously, are uh, in order. The United States, France, and then very close behind France, Canada. So, you know, the, uh, France right now being that we're on, on this side of the pond. Uh, has just registered its highest security level. There was a teacher murdered in a school uh, on Friday, I believe. There were bomb threats at the Louvre and uh, in uh, Versailles. So both of those, I believe the Louvre is closed right now. And uh, wow. I believe the Versailles might be as well. I'm not quite sure, but they're... They've definitely, you know, again, the, there are people like you go to the airports and the machine gun walking, you know, the cops are walking around with machine guns again. And and, you know, it's 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 high level. And, uh, you know, this is this is this is one of the reasons. Um, so, yeah, we we don't see it very much here in deep France because we're in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but you will see that now if you come to France, you'll see that in the in the larger centers. And what about, you know, listen, we've been friends since, since we were in our teens. So what are your thoughts just in general about it? Um, I mean, you know, well, you've got an opinion. Well, you know, here's the thing. For, for the people who want to believe that Israel just bombed a hospital because that's what Hamas is telling everybody to believe. Here's all I can say is Hamas took responsibility. So 1,400 at this point and counting, 1,400 mostly civilians. So children, women, and civilians have been murdered. And Hamas has gone, it was us, and we're proud of it. We're taking responsibility. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking willing responsibility for the the systematic murder of innocent people uh do you think a little lie about a bomb that 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 mm-hmm. strayed away and landed on a hospital is out of the realm of possibility do you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so who, who is going to who believes anything that comes out of the mouths of murderers like that who that's what i want to know people that want to believe it and again that's another problem with social media if you go there again algorithms and all that stuff <laughs> I mean, you can find all the information you want to support, you know, that the Israelis did that. And I know it's bullshit. I would even go this far. I think they I don't even think it probably was a stray bomb. It was probably directed at that hospital just so they could blame it on the Israelis. And that's what I think. And as I said to Fred before the show, I said, you know, and the fact is. 
The Israelis have nothing to gain by doing that. They have everything to lose. Think about it mm-hmm. logically. Not only, not only, and who has the science? Like they're going, they're going to be able to prove this is a problem. They're going to be able to prove it wasn't the Israelis, but it doesn't matter because in the world of the world, yes, it'll just whoever you choose. If you choose to not believe that and think that's disinformation, go ahead, Fred. Well, no, what you said at the how did, uh, what did you say uh, before the show? Um, this this is a military that has the most yeah it's the most highly tech it's yeah. one of the most right. highly technologically advanced countries vaccines by the way the vaccine you have uh, that you know didn't get you covid that came from the jews but it's a highly t- developed technological country in the world believe me they'll know they they'll be able to mm-hmm. prove that it was hamas but it won't my point is it won't matter it won't matter because of what and, you and- said yeah. And, you know, uh, Howard, you're so right. Um, and, and going to the logic of this thing, um, this is one this is an area that I really have a huge problem with. And it's the attack itself. Did Hamas actually not think that w- their attack on Israel was going to result in thousands and thousands of deaths of their own people? Of course. Right? Like this is the thing that I just it boggles my mind. I don't understand. But the, again, it gets back to they don't care. I mean, the theory I've heard, they initiated this because there's been enough contact with those other Middle Eastern countries that this is go time. If we do this, we know it's going to end up with the death of thousands of Palestinians. But will we accomplish the big goal? You know, eliminating Israel. I mean, that's scary, but makes sense to me because they don't care about individual people, individual Palestinians. They will sacrifice them for the bigger cause, you know, the greater cause. And I'm going to repeat myself from earlier in this week, but Jeff, there is a conversation to be had. And I, I, I really think that. Let me just pause for a second. The reason I don't believe that the Israelis would have bombed that hospital because they're going to get they're they're already mm-hmm. going to lose whatever PR public opinion. They're already they start from a deficit of everybody mm-hmm. hates the Jews. And I'm not just being dramatic. It's historical. Um, it's it's pervasive. So they're already in a position where whatever they do in retaliation is going to look bad on them. But what I said to Fred was. I really think they should have gone. They still should. And still, if there's time to go out of their way to provide humanitarian relief, water, turn the electricity on hospitals. I really think they should. And I believe they're missing an opportunity. Why they don't want to is because they think that by doing that, there's a chance they're going to get the hostages back. And I'll just finish by saying, and I hate to say it out loud, those people are dead. They're never coming back. And and at some point, the Israeli government is going to have a meeting saying, we all know this. We just can't say it out loud. But those people that the Hamas has taken hostages and it breaks my heart, they're never coming back. So let's try and save as many Palestinians, if I were the Israelis, that we can, because it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. I agree with you. Yep. Well, I, I want more. Seriously, what more can they do? We were talking about this yesterday with Tony. They've asked them to move to the southern part of the yeah. of the country or the district or whatever you call yeah. it. It's, I don't think that's <laughs> enough. And I'll tell you why, Fred. Oh, no, no, no. I know. And but Hamas is saying, no, stay in place. You don't don't believe these Israelis because, again, they they they're being used as a shield in this whole Egyptian thing. You know, the passage to safety. They won't let them in. To Egypt. I mean, how vile and cold is that? I, I, you know, I, I, there's a solution, but no, we, we don't want them in because they've been here before and caused some trouble. The Gaza, the Gaza Strip is such a small 
piece of land. That's why they call it the most one of the most densely populated places on the earth. Because just for some perspective for people in the GTA, 25 miles, what would that be? Would that be from Oakville, Oakville to the east end of Toronto or Oakville to Scarborough? Something like that, yeah. And, and yeah. in that corridor, that thin strip of land is 2 million people. So what they're mm-hmm. basically saying is move from Scarborough closer to Oakville there's it's just it's too mm-hmm. it's too much it's too many people in too little land again i'm only saying that as a as plus a, wouldn't hamas move with them you well, know what i mean that's part of the problem too <laughs> yeah like anyway but like i said the israeli government starts from a deficit jews start from a deficit the article that i sent jeff and everybody you know one of the things and it sort of expresses i, I had mentioned on the show last week jeff about how i thought it was odd after, because we usually do our emails on Thursday, and I said to Freddie on the show, I said it's interesting to me that none of the people in our audience have sent us one email about this thing, not one in four days. Now, in the last almost seven days, there's been forty or fifty or I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But part of the reason is, as this article says, that. Maybe you're horrified by all of it. You truly don't know what words to say. That's what a lot of people have said to me. They well, didn't, and that's, that's, that's certainly part of it. A hundred percent. And that's great. But a lot, and, and then the article goes on to say, but a lot of your Jewish friends are wondering if you're safe. Because historically, in, in Germany and other places where Jews have been, you know, tried to, been wiped away, a lot of people, by their silence, Jews didn't real didn't know that they those people weren't safe anymore that they couldn't go to them for help. But that's not that wasn't that's not what I was thinking. I'm just saying that's a universal. No, but that's what it was. Most people just didn't know what to say, not just to me, but about it. Yeah, they I, didn't I, know I what to say or they were afraid to say it because again, you know, political correctness has taken over, taken such a hold. There I'm like that in many and not this particular issue. Sometimes you go to say something and you think Boy, maybe I shouldn't say this because I don't want to deal with the backlash, so I won't say anything. Maybe that's part of this too. What were you going to say? You know, Jeff? if this was t- if this was ten, fifteen years ago, maybe somebody would have said something. But now you're almost afraid to take a side because of the backlash. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just think in, in in so many respects, it's like the the words don't come come mm-hmm. to you, and uh, and then then there's the other side is. Is social media the place for this? But, you know, after mm-hmm. reading the article, well, of course it is. Of course. Because, you, you know, uh, you, you, I, I believe that we uh, as uh, intelligent species here uh, need to let the world know that this is unacceptable for for. Uh, for our sensibilities. I mean, what you, you, you do, it, we, I, you know, we've all done, we did it with the regional uh, schools, you know, everybody made anybody who had a, 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 an intelligent comment made, you know, made that known with the posts on, on Facebook about their opinion on regional yeah. schools. Oh yeah. Why not? Th- well, and, and again, I know I, I keep having to say this because there are people around me that feel very strongly in support of the Palestinians and I don't have enough, energy or enough intelligence i don't think to argue it but i will say this um you just look it up there's a there's it goes back to like you can go back to the ottoman empire you can go back to the early 1900s but once again bill maher comes up with some really good logic colonizers okay this is again this has become like on the in the the media colon we just call the israelis it's not a colonizing no okay colonizer is when 
one country that was had nothing to do with another country, like the British or the Dutch in South Africa, marched in with an army and took over a place that they had no connection to. Israel has quite a connection to Israel. Jews are the... Uh, yes, if you... Yes, most people, so many people commenting about this seem to have just started their understanding of it from five minutes ago. Uh, the Jews are the Native Americans of this piece of land. Yes, if you did land. a land acknowledgement okay. like we do in this country, well, I'm standing on <laughs> yes. ground that was, yes. I'm standing on ground that 3,000 years ago was King David's capital of Jerusalem. It's important, that, who, do they, who do, does Hamas and many Palestinian sympathetic people, who do they refer to as settlers and colonizers? It's not just the Israelis living in the disputed West Bank. It's Israelis living anywhere within the internationally recognized borders of the state of Israel. Because to them, any Jew in that territory is considered a colonizer. And this language is used to dehumanize people and to license their murder. So it's, it's really important that we understand yeah. what this... What this and, and, if that, and if that land acknowledgement means, like, we honor who originally had the land, why does this work for Indians but not Jews? And so there you have it. And that's why, I mean, it's a pretty funny bit at one point. But, I mean, it's in the Bible, it's literally called Israel. I mean, that's why Sidney says the Israelis are the Native Americans. It is interesting, though, he skips over the U.S. who came. To, they did, it's funny he didn't mention that, that the Americans came here when the actual Native Americans were here and took over. And colonized. And yeah, colonized yeah. it, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, it's it's it's, it's certainly uh, a topic that isn't going to go away anytime soon. I mean, one of the interesting things about the article, which actually kind of catches you off guard, uh, the article that you sent, Howard, was that he said that the October 6th attacks were the most Jews that were killed since the Holocaust. Yeah. In a day. Yeah. So, he says uh, at one point, he says, I'm sorry to say your Jewish friends aren't wondering about fairness right now. They're only wondering about safety. And, uh, you know, I'm not, but I can certainly see that some people are. And I can see that, you know, my old told Fred that my older brother called me the other day and I could just hear it in his voice that this was disturbing him on a level that was different than an intellectual like, oh, that's too bad. I was like, oh. It's you know. personal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, well, there you go. Jeff and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic. You know, started off uh, as we often do in our discussions by you calling me a dick, and then finding out that in effect, and then we and then we go from there, Howard, <laughs> and we go from there. Uh, the next episode is uh, this Friday, and uh, as the kids like to say, it drops every Friday. And now, uh, congratulations to you on you know again surpassing what most what most podcasters do, which is. Up to episode 83, 84. That's pretty uh, respectable numbers. And congratulations to you fellas on the beginning of season 13 of Humble and Fred. Yeah, that's right. Day one, it's yeah. year 13. All right, buddy, we'll talk to you. And, and uh, I'm around this weekend. You want to call me a dick in person? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'd be happy to do that. I know you would. Uh, all right, kid. We'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. See ya. Yeah. Bye-bye. I always like to play the little uh, 70s music when Lumbee's on. Yeah, I don't know. There's like I put that article, by the way, if you're uh, watching us on Facebook or you uh, follow us. Uh, I'm really not involved in Facebook anymore. I haven't been for a long time. 
like the only time I see it is at the beginning of the show or sometimes during the show to check that the feed is still there. But it's just not part of my life at all. No, same here. I'm so glad I dumped it some time ago. Same with Twitter. The odd time I'll be online and I'll see Twitter battles and I think, man, am I glad I'm not part of that? How easy would that be to get sucked into oh, that? Oh, my goodness. Shit? You know what the I mean? Like, is, yeah. I'm on uh, Twitter a lot and um, Instagram as well. I, you know, part of it for me is I see what my kids are up to. Like, I seriously, I'll go three or four days and not see Spencer. And then I go on Spencer's Instagram page. I'm like, oh, Spencer's doing a show tonight. Oh, cool. You know, um, both my kids have dumped social media i don't think they were on twitter my daughter i think does instagram but yeah, me melanie and Daldo, does. yeah me and doll don't have any of it but we have a texting thing called family chat yeah and whenever anything family happens it's just internally we see what's going on we don't do it through social media we do what, what do you guys use whatsapp for that no no just uh okay because we yeah we yeah. have a ma- we have a whatsapp uh mm-hmm. group for randy and the girls and i and uh you know, so we day share, to day, I know yeah. what's going on with the grandkids and stuff. Just because anything happens, we just post it there. Mel's still on uh, Instagram. Instagram. I see, I yes. see some stuff yeah. from Melanie. From I don't know. I've never been on Instagram, so I don't even know really <laughs> what it is. It's actually. fun. It's good. It's less. Instagram for me is less opinion. There's, mm-hmm. It's it's not very opinionated. It's more just pictures and yeah. uh, Boston Terriers who are friends with other you know little animals. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of a friend, a friend to one and all. Uh, it's time now for uh, the retirement Sherpa Tim dot niblet at Raymond James dot ca. He is the one and only. Look at him. Are you uh, are you going to run out and play a little golf this afternoon before we hang on? Yeah, I was going to think. I was thinking about it. Of course, the weather's great. Good morning, by the way, and and happy anniversary. That's my favorite number, number thirteen, as you may or may not know about. Really, hmm. I'll pay extra attention. Yeah, that was a number I used to play during my uh, pseudo athletic days there, Freddie, and uh, uh, that's the the hole that we live on in in Florida, which isn't totally coincidental. And yeah, I get the number thirteen and whenever I can. You know, and traditionally that was considered an unlucky number. You know, when I played minor hockey in uh, Scarborough, years and years, there was never a number 13. It went from 12 to 14. Mm-hmm. We never had a 13. Um, then, yeah. It, well, you know, the, the I'm going to try and run out as soon as the show's over. I don't really, I, just because it's going to be nice today, uh, I'll be back in time. But uh, yeah, yesterday I was telling you, well, Fred was outside as well, but there was a couple hours yesterday afternoon where there was, Sort of warmth once again back into the the air. Um, Tim at RaymondJames.ca and uh, the nibs. Uh, this is a great topic because it's about it's a little more nuts and boltsy, if we can say that. The question: Are your investments tax effective? That is a great question. So many aspects of that. Let's get started. Right. So we will barely make a dent into it. But I, I guess the big message is you, you should pay attention to these things, right? I mean, it, it's a lot more fun. And this is how we work as human beings uh, to talk about conjecture and is the market going to be good or bad or recession or uh, whatever, any any number of the million things it feels like affect things on a daily basis. But we know exactly how the tax laws work, right? So uh, we just don't pay attention to it sometimes. I, I remember 
in the past, a person who became a client uh, had a sizable amount of money somewhere else with a, a good advisor, lots of letters after their name, uh, but they had a lot of interest-bearing things in non-registered accounts, so that created a lot of extra tax drag, a lot of extra taxation for them, whereas if they just had it in an RSP, a RIF, a TFSA, whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, they'd be paying no tax at all. So you could have the exact same portfolio, but if you've got the wrong uh, metaphorical cars in the wrong garages, the wrong investments in the wrong plans, you can pay a heck of a lot more tax than you need to. And again, we say it almost every week. Another reason why you need you need the guidance of someone who's on top of this. I mean, like we've talked about TFSAs, too. I mean, how valuable they are. They weren't around in our early days when we first started investing. But, you know, you giving an example of somebody who could have something parked in a TFSA, TFSA and doesn't. That's almost tragic, mm-hmm. is it not? Oh, it's a tragedy. Mm. <clears throat> Well, yeah, and, and the crazy part is, in this case, they were with a you know a fairly seemingly accomplished advisor, and even they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. it, it's definitely something to watch. And yeah, TFSA, since we mentioned it, I mean, it's kind of the classic, we're getting to the time where people start thinking about RSPs if they mm-hmm. don't do it all year round. Uh, but yeah, are you, are you better off, of course, putting into a TFSA or an RSP or or both, and, and all you've got to... Uh, in the TFSA itself, uh, classically, we would want to have the best growing investments, the ones we feel are going to grow the best, because that's how you'll also save the most taxes as well. But if you put, and we've seen it, like low uh, interest-bearing holdings, you're, okay, you're helping out on the taxes, but it's not really working with the whole plan be, mm-hmm. because it's just you're not saving much because it's not growing much. Mm-hmm. One of the points you put here, and I'm curious what your thoughts are when you say save now to pay more later, and then the bonus of the, we'll get to the Stephen Covey thing, which we both uh, are big fans of. But what, what do you what do you when you say save now uh, to pay more later? What are you talking about? So that's a RSP comment. Thank you, hard for asking. Uh, you know, we do save money when we put it into an RSP, of course. But if you think about it, it grows and grows and grows and grows, and then we pay tax on it at the other end. Right. So, to yes, usually you will be paying it at a lower marginal tax rate, the percentage that you pay when you take it out. But if you put a hundred thousand in over time and it grows to five hundred because you've had the power of compounding, uh, you know, it doesn't matter the numbers. Just an example. Uh, you'd save on a hundred thousand to pay more on five hundred thousand. Like we wouldn't normally sign up for that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, in the book, uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's an old book, but it's a, it's timeless in terms of its wisdom. I might say, and uh, one of the things, one of the tenets of the book is to begin with the end in mind, and that applies to a lot of things. Whether you're, you know, like my kid you know, training for a marathon or getting in shape or whatever those things are, that the idea is you have a sense of where you're going. And it really does apply to not just tax effective investing, but investing for retirement in general. So you'll probably find this funny, and I'm sure you noticed it when I sent it to you, but we have to get these things approved through our marketing department, which is fine. Good for everybody. And uh, they mentioned that I misspelled Stephen in Stephen Covey. It's P-H. <laughs> That's right. That's great. 
Yeah. So the good news is they're apparently paying attention to these things, which, which is good. But yeah, well, I'm so glad somebody how, how is. Pertains, what, what's that? I said, I'm glad somebody is paying attention. That's right. Exactly. And uh, so, yeah, how that pertains to this situation is, and, and we really notice it, of course, with our clients in retirement, you, you want to accumulate wealth in a variety of different vehicles, not just an RSP. You'd, you'd also want to use a TFSA. Sometimes life insurance can actually be a good wealth creator as well. Uh, non-registered investments, they're called. Anyhow, if you only have kind of one stream when you're in retirement, you've only got one choice from a taxation mm-hmm. point of view. So you want to diversify just like you want to diversify your investments. You want to diversify your income streams as well. And then Stephen Covey would be proud of us. Mm, perfection, man. All right. Freddie, do you have any uh, final words for the retirement ship or just want to wish uh, you No, well? other than, uh, yeah, more enlightenment. Thank you very much. I mean... You provide a great service, sir, to this show and to your clients, obviously. Yeah, thanks very much. It's it's very rewarding, right? It's it's mm-hmm. funny as clients retire one by one, they keep wanting me to stick around, which doesn't seem fair for some reason. <laughs> That's right. It's nice to uh, come on, you guys. <laughs> not you know, including somebody who's on the call here right now, but. Uh, yeah, it's just very rewarding, right? You add a lot of value. I mean, you guys start people's mornings or whatever time of day off in a positive mood and a fun mood. And, and uh, I thankfully feel a lot of job satisfaction as well. Well, as we uh, embark on uh, year 13, this is the first day of our 13th year of being podcasters full time. Uh, as a sales manager, I would be remiss if we didn't thank you for your support of this program. I don't know what year it is, but man, it's been a great ride and we certainly appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. I think it's been six or seven even uh, now. It was the old old place that you had before. That's where we started. And, yeah. Uh, I, I still remember those good old days fondly, and it's it's nice to uh, help out something I enjoy so much, and I know plenty of other people do too. Well, if, if, if you were if you if your sponsorship predates this studio, it's past seven years because we started. I, I I've been here over seven years, so yeah, you've been. This might be your eighth year. Wow! And they and they said it would never last. All right. right. Mm-hmm. Tim.nibblin at RaymondJames.ca. Thank you, my friend, and we'll look forward to seeing you later. Me too. Absolutely. Enjoy and profit all. There you go. Hey, Timmy. Thank you. you sweet man. I should take a screen cap of the uh, program I use to play some of the stuff on the show and send it to him because I just realized now I think this is a, it's his uh, Gator Orange. Like when something plays, it turns orange. I think oh, that's really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> just, okay. I just wow. noticed it now after, you know, mm-hmm. years of using it. Ah, do 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 I did the thing. Okay, I think we're pretty much up to date. I do want to talk about Palma Pasta, though. Man, I got some stuff there. You you said you guys were on site at Palma Pasta on the weekend doing a little shopping, you and Dolly. Well, this uh, shows you how this uh, stuff works. My... Um brother-in-law Clyde, his wife Imelda, listen to the show all the time. And uh, they live out in Cambridge, but they're anxious. They keep hearing about Palma Pasta. Anxious to go there and uh, check it out. So we went the other day to get some stuff because they were going to come over and visit us, and we thought we'll put on a spread of Palma, and they can get an idea of what it's all about, and then make the trek from Cambridge to uh, Mississauga. 
if they choose. They ended up not coming, so we're going to do it next week. But again, another situation of, hey, that Pomaposti you guys yeah. talk about sounds pretty good, pretty interesting. I've had uh, want, a couple emails. We want a piece of that. I got to remind, just remember myself, remind myself to send mm-hmm. this email to Anthony from somebody yesterday that actually did what you just described. Mm-hmm. They, they went and checked it out. The thing about Palma Pasta is not it's not just prepared foods. Yes, they've got that. And and by the way, this isn't like some fast food joint. These are like real ingredients made by real people. But they have all these little specialty items that I just love. And I I'm, I'm, I should t- take a picture of it and send it to you. You'd love this. They're these peppers that they have. They're not hot. They're just those sweet Italian peppers. And I and I get them every time. Uh, you can check it out yourself online. If you can't make it in person, you can get some catering. And they, um, you know, they they serve the entire GTA at palmapasta.com. And, of course, they're our title sponsor of tomorrow's uh, in-depth email program. It's going to be... Um, and we talked about this before the show. So on the emails tomorrow, it's not just going to be the response to my Israeli thing, but there will be some of that because some of the responses, as you mentioned, Freddie, they're just so in-depth and heartfelt and just appreciated. But they're really, you know, the two grandpas here, we can't be reading long emails on the show because we, we just lose interest. So there will be some non-Israeli uh, mm-hmm. stuff tomorrow on the show. Mm-hmm. Some nonsense. One more note on Palma Pasta. Um, a neat thing that they have, Delise and I purchased the other day, was single servings of like meat lasagna or cannelloni. Yes. Or, um, we bought some for my mother-in-law, a few, and some for my son, Daniel. Who lives? They both obviously live alone, not together. Um, but they're like five and six dollars, and it's like, where do you go to get a single serving dinner now that costs that much? And it's a, it's it's a generous portion. Yeah. So again, uh, they anyway, just spend some time there because they got so many things that. Uh, Clever, actually, is what they have. Yeah. Speaking of, well, this okay. I was going to say this won't be clever. But speaking of generous portions. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang. The quintessential anchor man, his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes to ask for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchor man's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from Dan and Lisa's house, here's movie anchorman and soon-to-be new trailer owner, Daniel J. Gebert Duran III. Just how many oysters are appropriate for a first date? This is an odd story in so many ways, including there was uh, it was a viral posting by the oyster eater herself. So this Atlanta this Atlanta woman goes out on a first date for drinks for drinks for mm-hmm. drinks. Yes, the guy invites her for drinks drinks and orders platter after platter of oysters totaling 48 oysters oysters at this particular place 15 bucks a dozen on tuesdays so <laughs> taking advantage of the big deal orders uh, four dozen of them and she videoed it too and her mm-hmm. slurping the oysters down and, and uh she actually said yo when the fourth plate came out he was looking at me crazy i didn't give a fuck i'm like baby you invited me out i'm gonna eat 
So she uh, she ate them on camera. Like, you know, she was videoing her slurping away and then went on to order crab cakes and potatoes and washed it down with some lemon drop martinis. Her date had had enough. So he went to the bathroom and actually left the restaurant and <laughs> left her holding the the, uh, the bill. The bill, right. She sort of figured it out on this uh, this TikTok video. And um, the bill came to about 185 bucks U.S., in texting after, the guy said uh, he had just invited her out for a drink and offered her to cash app her the money for two drinks. <laughs> so he wasn't like a total dick uh, like she was being. I don't uh, think he was a dick at all. Yeah. I mean, she sits there and orders like four dozen oysters and then a meal when they're supposed to go out and just meet for drinks. He gets up to have a leak and just leaves the restaurant. I'd have left it there. I, here's what I would have done. I would have left the restaurant, found her car, kicked the tires, and get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> That's my default now. You fuck with me, I'll, I'll kick you right in your tires. I've heard many stories about that, you know, <laughs> online dating, and then you ho- not hook up. Because hook, doesn't hook up mean to actually have sex? No, but but anyway, I don't v. know. That's P and V, baby. Oh, okay. Um, no, where you go in, sit down, meet the person, and halfway through think, I'm not big on this, and then without even announcing it, get up and leave or pretend you're going somewhere. And I've never done that. Was- I've done many, 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 many Tinder dates. There was a period mm-hmm. of time between about 2014 and uh, Rachel. Actually, that's how I met Rachel. But uh, as far as what the expectations of are of the date, I don't know if I, all yeah. those words meant, uh, as far as that goes, it's pretty, I've never had that happen. If we're going to meet for drinks, we're going to have drinks. If we're right. going to meet, and usually you can tell, or it's, it's obvious because you say that, but also where and what time. If you're meeting mm-hmm. with somebody at 9 o'clock at night, which I did, then it's just drinks. If you say, hey, would you like to have dinner, then whatever. My point, though, is it was almost universal. And I don't know what number of dates I went on, mm-hmm. but a lot that I paid. There, it was almost right. 95 to 98 percent of the time it was just i just because of my era because of the age i was i just uh, yeah, traditional just yes. gay i always just took the check unless mm-hmm. unless it was specific when like and somebody said well let's split this bill and that happened occasionally but not very yeah. often I had the and same issue when I was dating as well. The same same approach, Howard. Same well, they pay, they paid for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, That's but exactly from the, the era from which we come, even when you did that as a guy, you probably felt a bit weird doing that because traditionally, you know, it, the guy for whatever reason was expected to pay. Yeah. Probably not like that anymore, though. You think? With these I don't know. When Dan, I, I, I haven't been on. The, the last Tinder date I went on was Rachel, and that was uh, November of 2017. So I don't know, Dan. Mm-hmm. Do you have any recent, more recent experience than that? No, I don't know. I have no idea. I, the only thing I know is that when I would never have, uh, on a first date, gone for dinner. Because like, if you don't like the person, you're stuck. Yeah, you're stuck for there. The Absolutely. Dinner. So if you, you can't you know, truncate the thing, okay, got to go, you yep. know, whatever. Always set it up so you could get out pretty quickly. It was uh, generally earlier. Hundred percent wasn't. Yeah, I had a first. I, I'll tell you the one that I did. I did. I did a series of stories and stories uh, nights in Toronto called Tinder Tales for a while. It was great. And I just told stories of all these dates I went on. What was the quickest? 
I don't, I, I don't want to get into what, what, not not to have. You know, I'll forget it. We'll do it another time. But like, okay. not all the dates. Oh, come I went, on now. Not all the dates. Obviously, they don't all end up in sex. In fact, most of the time they don't. But <laughs> some of the time they do. And uh, I remember this is when I was really drinking like hard liquor. And I met this woman. This was at noon on some cool little bar on Queen West. And we met at noon. And this is when I was smoking cigarettes. So you didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started drinking bourbon. This was a lunch. We, we were supposed to have lunch, but we, she just wanted to drink. So mm-hmm. we drank bourbon. Had a couple of shots of bourbon. And at 1245, we went out for a cigarette and started making out. That's the, quick, <laughs> that's the, quickest, <laughs> the quickest I ever went from meeting somebody to having like full on a makeout session on Queen Street West. How old was I? I was I uh, 54 at the time. You know. It's crazy. Good typical right? behavior for a 54 year old. I know. Very um sounds like a very loose woman. Oh yeah. Well, I was a loose woman. Oh, I mean <laughs> Yeah. I was very loose. Hmm. Although when you get in your was she in her 50s too? Would Late, you middle middle 40s. Middle 40s? Yeah. By that time in your life, you know exactly what you want. You don't want to believe waste me. any time getting it, I guess. Right? I mean, believe me, she knew exactly what she wanted. and She must have been real horny. <laughs> yeah. She was no dead lay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fucking hilarious. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a story about her after. I, I will tell you a story about her after the show because uh, there's more to it. Uh, tomorrow on the program. I it's think your, I know that story. Uh, I don't know if you do. This is not really? the one. This is not the one that I had sex with on Phil's desk. What about the back? Is this the backseat of the car one? It's the backseat of limo, exactly. Well, see, I know you, you told me. You shared. <laughs> I, I had sex with Fred. Does not forget. <laughs> oh no, that is one thing Freddie will not do. Yeah. Okay, everyone. I had sex with this woman, and here's the. This is crazy. I had mm. sex with this woman in the back of a limo, and then, true story, truth time, I got a text from. My kid at the time, Charlie, still my kid, who I had to, I had to check for her. I had to give her something for school. Right. And so we, we wheeled around in the limo. This is post uh, session. And uh, I said to the driver, because I know I came with some occasion. We were in a limousine for some reason. I said, can you just drop over here by the uh, residence? And I gave Charlie the check, but I wouldn't let her in the car. <laughs> she wanted to come and look at the limo. I'm like, no, you don't want to be here because it's all. I believe you, you were drinking heavy at the time. Yes. Um, through our barter system, I think we had access to yeah, limos. that's where it was. So you probably did it that way. Can I ask, whilst you were having sex with the woman in the limo, where was the driver? Driving. Oh, so when you want, you can so put you the, were moving and you, the shield oh, yeah. went down. All the shield oh, went down, right. yeah. Oh, lucky him. And he was left to clean yeah. up. Oh, I'm sure. Super. There's nothing. To, well, I don't know. There's nothing to clean up. Nope. <laughs> Believe me. So it was um, a blackout shield. He couldn't see anything. <laughs> uh, Dan, here's the thing. We went for dinner and then, you know, drinking, drinking, drinking and uh, got in the limo. And then, you know, you you tell that. Cut all this. You tell that story, and I just think of Lumby. Vagina juice. <laughs> Vagina juice, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so tomorrow's your email day, and uh, hopefully uh, not much else to report. Dan Duran will join us, and uh, thanks to Jeff Lumby, and uh, see you tomorrow. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Boron One, EVNet.ca, and Palma Pasta. 
important comments and contests. We read all of our emails. Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think. Liking and subscribing helps us out. And so does writing a review. So please say something nice about us. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, by this time, you know exactly what you want. So get out there and enjoy every goddamn day. Habitations in the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Oh.